We thank you for everyone that's here today. Thank you for, especially the first-time visitors, we pray that you would have a rhema word, a specific word just for them. Father, we pray if anyone came in here today not knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, not totally forgiven of their sins, not sure they're going to spend eternity in heaven, we pray more than anything else that they would leave with Jesus as Lord and Savior, that he would be the center of their life. Father, if anyone came in there sick in their body, they receive healing. Father, someone, anyone facing a financial obstacle, mountain, that it would be moved. If anyone came in depressed, oppressed, lonely, maybe feeling like they're on the outside looking in, we pray you would fill their heart with your Holy Spirit. They would just overflow with joy. Father, speak through me. Let your word be what rules and reigns in this service. Holy Spirit, move up and down every aisle, through every seat, through every heart and accomplish all you have today. We invite you now. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> uh, the name of the message today is, what if, uh, well, the name of the message is, I'm glad he came. But the thought I had the other day was, what if Jesus hadn't come? And uh, how many of you remember your life before Jesus? Is it pretty vivid in your heart? I remember one day being in a bar or a club, which I spent a lot of my life in before I got saved. I remember sitting there one Christmas Eve, because when it came to the holidays, I avoided my family. Because, um, you know, I come from a broken family, very broken. <laughs> we put the B in broken. Um, so around the holidays, I didn't want to go home. I would be very depressed. Because it seemed like, I, I just didn't understand why everybody was so happy. You know, it just wasn't a happy time for me. Uh, and I remember being in this club, and I remember just sitting there, just lonely, even though I had my friends there, but it turns out, really, they weren't my friends. I thought they were, but uh, I remember hearing that John Lennon song. You know that song? And so this is Christmas, <laughs> and what have you done? And I just remember, I kept saying, and so this is Christmas, so what? It means absolutely nothing to me. I'm depressed. I don't want to live on this earth. I need a way out of this mess. And that was how Christmas was for me. And I can't imagine what it would have been like if Jesus hadn't come. No peace, no joy. Never mind no Christmas trees and lights and that light feeling you have around this time of year. How many of you have kids or are kids, <laughs> and you love Christmas morning, you know, and everybody's all excited, and we had six kids, and I, I mean, I finally got to experience what it was like to have a family and being excited that morning, you know, even though it's like the kids are up at, for the only time in their life, they're up at six in the morning. I'm like, you know, you can't wake your kids up. I spray my kids with stuff, you know, horns, you know, I can't get them out of bed. Christmas morning, it's like, bing! Everybody's up, everybody's ready to go. And we always have to wait till, you know, the queen gets up. <laughs> so it was fun. I would just say, nope, not until your mother gets up. But that feeling, you know that feeling? And I experience it now on Christmas Eve, like when we're all here and we're singing Silent Night together, holding candles, and I'm like, wow. One day, I, you know, I wish I could have felt that as a kid. Just the wonder of it all, knowing about Jesus, you know. Imagine if there was no Jesus. There would have been no Santa Day. There wouldn't have been any lights. There wouldn't have been any Christmas trees. 
where it, it reminds me of the movie It's a Wonderful Life. How many of you watch that every Christmas, you know? How many of you think you're George Bailey, guys? You know, you know? and um, like they showed what, what it would have been like if he hadn't existed. And I just thought to myself, what if people in my life hadn't existed? How empty it would be if my beautiful wife hadn't existed, you know? But how much more if Jesus hadn't come? But thank God, people, he came. Thank God he came. Did I depress you enough? Thank God he came. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this past again. I'm like, oh, my God, where, where's this going to lead me? <laughs> no, 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 thank God he did come. And the Lord said to me, you know, in heaven we saw a need. And Jesus got up and said, I'll be the seed. You know, at some point he got up and said, I'll go. I'll go for Joe. I'll go for Annie. I'll go for Brenda. I'll go for Robert. If you were the only person, he would get up and go for you. Thank God he came. Thank God he came. Why did he come? John 10.10. 10. Pretty much... One of the, how many of you love this scripture? <laughs> this is a great scripture. I like it in the Amplified, believe it or not. That's the chick version of the Bible. Because, like, you find scriptures in the Amplified, or, and you compare it to, like, the King James. The King James is one sentence. The Amplified is, like, 14. It's kind of like when your wife wants to tell you something, and you're saying, could you just give it to me in a sentence? So I call it the chick version. It's kind of accessories and everything. Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That is why he came. And how did he come? Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and we be call, will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. Through this story of Jesus coming for our, for our abundant life, I want to show you why he came for your abundant life. I want you to see through the life of Mary how your life is impacted by him. The first thing is this. 
God wants to do something great in your life. God wants to do something great. Look at Luke chapter 1, that first verse. He says, behold, the angel says, you will conceive. That word conceive is the word solumbano. Now, I talk about the word lumbano a lot because it's a Greek word that sounds Italian. And it means to take hold of, to receive. When Jesus said, believe and you will receive, that's the word receive is the word lumbano. This is the word saying, with taking hold of. So he's saying to Mary, you will take hold of in your womb something. You will take hold of in, in you something. God has sent a message to you for you to take hold of. Do you know that? Do you know that? Look around here. We got a unique congregation, don't we? We have a diverse congregation, not only in race, creed, and color, but we're all strange. <laughs> we're all peculiar, it says in the Bible. We're all a little different, aren't we? I mean, look around. You know, each one of us has a unique calling, and we need to take hold of a unique message that God has given to us, and then we're to bring it forth. We're to bring it forth, and it'll be called Jesus. Jesus means salvation. Jesus means blessing. Jesus means every blessing that God has for us. See, God has sent a message to each one of us that we are to bring forth something that will bring salvation to those around us. You know, God brought forth a message to Vera Jackson to have a Santa outreach. Brought a message to her to do it. So she did it. It brought salvation to people yesterday. Perfect example. Listen, this is what we're called. And it says he will be great. And what God has called you to is something great. It's the Greek word mega. Anybody know what mega means? Means big, huge, large. It's my one of my favorite words. Because I like big, I like expansive, I like great. Anybody with me? Come on now. God has called you to something more than sitting in a chair. Nobody is called to sit in a chair as comfortable as they are. And boy, are they comfortable. I always thought maybe we should make uncomfortable chairs so people wouldn't get so darn comfortable. Is darn a curse? I'm sorry. But people shouldn't get comfortable. God has called everyone here to something great. Something great. When I think about, you know what gets me excited about our youth and Ooh, I'm not mad. You know what gets me excited about our youth and our college and career now emerge? Okay, I got to get used to it. You know what gets me excited about our youth and emerge? It's because that's the time in their life. I mean, that's the time I wish that I had known what God had for me. But the good news is it's never too late. You're never too young. Only you got it, okay? <laughs> but man, if... When they catch a hold of it, people, and I'm seeing our youth have caught a hold of it, and I see our young adults are catching a hold of it, look out! Look out! Because something great is about to happen, and you can't even believe it or think about it or conceive it because it's beyond what you can ask or think. I'm telling you, expand your mind for a second. Something great's about to happen. And it is happening. It's, it's, it's on. It's on. Come on, man. It's on. Great. Mega. He wants you to do something that will change the 
world. Do you realize that one person you could lead to Jesus could change? You know, okay, you don't have to change the world. You lead somebody to Jesus that could change the world. Somebody led Billy Graham to Jesus. Listen to me. You're called to something great. All right, you got that point? Okay, let's move on. Number two, you have God's favor, Luke 128. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice. Be happy. You're highly favored. You. How many of you think you're God's favorite? Oh, that's right. Honey, she is so quick. It's like, it's like, who thinks they're God's favorite? <laughs> she's like, she's so quick to the draw. And for the longest time, I always tell you that. She thought she was God's favorite. But how many of you know you're God's favorite? Oh, yeah. Me too. No, you, you know what? My wife taught me something. She really did. She would say, we're God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm thinking, I don't feel like I am. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Are you highly favored or not? Is the Lord with you or not? The favor is that God is with you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And let me ask you a question. If God is on your side, who can come against you? I said, if God is on your side, what can come against you? What does nothing mean? Let's do a theological study on that. No thing. Nothing. See, God's the only one who's allowed to use absolutes. I mean, some of you say, I'm always on time. Liar. <laughs> Let's just get it out. <laughs> or, you know, I will always love you. Not necessarily. <laughs> In certain instances. But if he says, if he's on your side, nothing can be against you. That means nothing. You have God's favor. Number three, she said this. How can this be? How can this be? I'll tell you how. The Holy Spirit and power. The Holy Spirit and power. Amen. How can this be? The Holy Spirit and power. Amen. Oh, I, got a, I got two preachers in the front row now. <laughs> I used to have one. Now it's two. Gang it up on me. Now we're helping you. <laughs> They're helping me. It's really helping. The Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who was born will be called the Son of God. So she was like, how can this be? I, I don't know this man. I haven't had relations with this man. How will I have a baby? It's so funny. Every worship song you sang today is like, just lines up with what the Holy Spirit was talking to me about, about the virgin birth and, you know. So we, we say here the Holy Spirit will come up on you. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit come up on you? Have you had, how many of you have been overshadowed by the power, which is the dunamis, dynamite power? How many of you have been overshadowed with it? That word overshadow, it means dazzling, brilliance, glory, shekinah, supernatural, not belonging to this world, he's of God's glory and power. How many of you have had that on you? Well, some people, you know, sorry, I just hit the mic. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, you'll tell people that this power can come on them and they'll think you're crazy. 
And you will tell people that you're going to pray for them at the line at ShopRite and say, you know, you could be healed. And they'll say, well, I don't really believe in I don't know about that healing thing. Or you'll say, listen, right now, you can speak in another tongue and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Or, you know, God wants to prosper you and bless you. He'll open the door no one else can open. And people get weird about it. But if you say to them, Jesus was born of a virgin, they're like, oh, yeah. Like, everybody just accepts it. That's crazy. That's crazy, okay? You know how crazy it is? I was looking up, I, I was studying up on, uh, you know, the birth of Jesus and everything, and I've heard about these. How many of you ever heard of these people called the Druze? The Druze. Not the Jews, the Druze. It's a Muslim sect or whatever, but do you know who they, they believe that the Messiah is going to come through a man. Oh, no, no, this is the truth. They believe that the Messiah is going to come through a man. And the men, the real Orthodox ones, actually wear baggy pants with a pouch in front to catch the baby. Now, I'm wondering, like, where's that baby coming from? <laughs> this is true. This is real. So if people can believe that, you think we can believe as Christians that Jesus was born of a virgin? And do you think that we can believe that there's Holy Spirit power that can overshadow us and change our life and release healing and deliverance and set people free? Amen. What can you believe? But don't walk around like, oh, yeah, Jesus born of a virgin. It's I let night. And then somebody says, let me pray for healing over you. I don't believe in that. I only believe that babies can be born out of nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> Come on now. It was born of the Holy Spirit, the overshadowing, dazzling glory of the Holy Spirit overcame Mary and the seed of heaven became a man and change the world. God has sent a message to you, and he is with you, and he wants to overshadow you with his power and do something in you that can't be done without him. See, because apart from him, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said. And I'm telling you this, nothing is impossible with God. That's what the angel said in 137. Luke 137, because there's nothing that's impossible with God. Do you really believe that? I'm reminded of it every day when I look in the mirror and realize that I'm alive and realize that I'm a pastor and realize that I get to come here every week and be with you wonderful people. And I have the honor and privilege to open up the Bible and share the word. And to share the leadership with the people that I share here that have the same vision, the same heart to see people come to Jesus. Because when we get to heaven together, I want us to rejoice about all the people that got saved. And all the people whose hearts were turned to the Lord. And all the people who death had almost snatched to hell. That we were able to help them step out of that fire into a new life. I'm in the midst of writing my book. Well, it's finished. What am I saying? 
It feels like you're writing it every day. Anybody here ever write a book about their life or even journal about your own life and look back on it? And did you ever pick up some of that stuff from your past? Even maybe you were your life before Jesus. And that feeling in your heart of just, wow, really? I'm really here? This is really the life I have from where I've come from? A miracle. It's a miracle. I had to read over my book over and over and over because, man, these people are supposed to find the grammatical and spelling errors. Hello? These proofreaders? When you got a proof of proofreader, but you do. You really do. It's true. When you write a book, it's like you can't trust anybody. You literally, and if there's a mistake in there after all this, I'm really going to be ticked off. Because by reading it and reading it, going through and through and through it, anybody that works in my office, anyone in my family knows that I get very emotional. Triggers. Shaking junk off the ground that hasn't been shook in a while. But then at the end, realizing now I have a reason to live. Now, because of Jesus, I have a life. I know, I know, I know that nothing is impossible. I know it. If you want an answer to that question, ask me, because I know it. I know it. I see addicts get saved. I see prostitutes get saved. I see people who grew up in church who didn't know God. It's even harder for them. They grew up in church and thought they knew and they didn't. That's an even greater miracle, I feel. Because for some of us, we had fallen so far, any lifeline would have been good enough. But to be there the whole time right next to him and not know you were with him. Like Pastor Kevin said during the communion, you know, like it's not religion, it's relationship. I remember they said to him, Jesus, how could anybody get saved? And he said, with God, all things are possible. I'm here to tell you all things are possible. There are people in this building right now who a year ago, you couldn't drag them to church. There are people in this, on that worship team that were playing, singing and playing music, not to God, not too long ago. Amen? I'm not going to make you stand up. <laughs> Nothing is impossible with him. Nothing. No marriage is broke too much. No teen is too far gone. No young adult, adult is so far out there that in an instant, God can't change their life. 28 years ago, on a four-day binge of drugs and suicide, I met Jesus. A couple days later, my wife said, you're going to church? Or actually, I think you were my fiance then, yes. And I listened to you then too. It's just, I've been trained from an early age. Where we God. Nothing will be impossible. She said, we're getting married? Somehow we got married. <laughs> anyway, I remember her saying, we're going to church tomorrow. Or you're dead. Uh, we're going to church tomorrow. We went to this church. And this little church in New Brunswick is on Livingston Avenue. I don't remember anything that that old man with the white hair said. He was an old guy. The last church that I would normally be in, you know, um, nothing against old guys, you know. <laughs> what can I say? We're young. Um, but, um, you know, he preached this message. I did, all of a sudden he said, but if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
It's a free gift. And I was like, free gift, Jesus, and your life could be changed. My ears perked up. And then he said, you just say this prayer and raise your hand. That's it. That's all I got to do. I don't have to do anything else. That's it. Yeah. You know my hand went up. I know a good trade when I see one. I didn't spend 28 years on Wall Street. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in a dummy. <laughs> what, I can have a new life, be forgiven for every mistake I've made, and all I got to do is say a prayer and raise my hand. Done! Done! Next! Oh, now you can live this abundant life by following Jesus and serving in his house and praying and doing all these things. Okay, done. What's next? I'm no dummy. That's the greatest trade of all time. And I've made some good trades on Wall Street. I bought some good stocks at the low level. I bought oil at the right time. That was the greatest trade I ever made. Because my life was never the same. Because nothing is impossible with God. We're going to invite the whole worship team up right now. Because you know what? Listen to me. <laughs> Change this thing in a second. God speaks to me, and I move. I don't care. Guess whose agenda is last? Mine. Mine's last. Mine is last. No matter how long I work on a message, God tells me to skip and go to the end and get on with it, then I do it. Because the final thing is let's get on with it. Everybody say that. Let's get on with it. One of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. Anybody? Oh, watching R-rated movies, sinners. Oh, you saw the TV version. Okay. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> the old guy Brooks. Remember him? He was getting out of jail. And he didn't want to leave. So he took a knife and put it up to his friend's neck, like to kill the guy, so he wouldn't have to leave jail. He finally leaves. They put him in a, in a workhouse, and uh, he takes his own life. So then Morgan Freeman, who's such a great character in that movie, he gets let out. He goes to the same house where his friend died. And he says these words, and I just love it so much. He said, I'm either gonna get busy living or get busy dying, but I'm choosing living. Listen to me. Let's get on with it. God has called you to something great. What are you waiting for? Has he not empowered you to do it? Has he not favored you? Is anything impossible for him? So why are you thinking so small? He wants to do something great. And here is how Mary appropriated it. She said, behold, I love this, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Okay. The word for word there, there's a few words used in the, in the Bible for word, but this one happens to be rhema. Anybody know what rhema is besides the college that Pastor Kevin went to? Rhema. <laughs> now for me, early on in my Christian life, when I fully understood to me the, the meaning of rhema, the word re meant something to me. Not, not R-H-E, but R-A-Y. And it was like a rhema word. The logos is the full message of God, another word used for word, but rhema is a specific word for a specific thing. 
So I felt like the word rhema was that's the ray that God is focusing on me. Because I remember a couple times being in church and thinking, who told the pastor my life? Why is he preaching about my life today? Why is he talking directly to me? I promise you, nobody told the pastor about your life. Maybe not. Nobody told the pastor about your life. God is giving a rhema word to you. He's speaking directly to you. And that's what he did for Mary. He spoke directly to her. He didn't announce it at the mall, because Mary might have been like the shop. He spoke to her. A rhema word to her. And I love her reaction. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Like, check me out. I'm highly favored. Nothing is impossible for me. God has chosen me and specifically sent an angel to talk to me. But you know, she was humble. She had a humble heart. That's why God chose her. She said, behold, the maids. Check it out. God has chosen me, but what you say, let that be who I am and what I am and what I become and what I bring forth and what is conceived in me. Check me out. For a second, think of yourself and say, check me out. I'm not talking about bringing attention to yourself. I'm talking about you recognizing who you are and that you are called by God and he's got something great for you to do and he's backing it up with his power and his glory in your life. See, when the Holy Spirit overshadows you, when you are immersed in that power, there's nothing you can't do, people. (laughs) Nothing you can't do. That word is the word used when Jesus was, it's funny, we sang the transfiguration. I can't even get over it. When he went up to the mountain, the transfiguration happened, and Moses and Elijah, that was an overshadowing, same word. When Peter walked and people were healed in his shadow, same word. An overshadowing, uh, just, uh, I said to the worship team this morning, let's blow the roof off so the glory can fall on us. Don't do it because that's expensive, that roof. But do you know that you can just bask in his glory because God has called you to something great. She said, let it be. Overshadow me. Go ahead. I'm ready to do it. And that's how you first get saved. Let's bow our heads. I want to make sure everyone here knows Jesus. Yes, I can preach for 25 minutes and stop. I can because with God, all things are possible. (laughs) You know, in Genesis, it says the spirit hovered over the chaos of of the earth until God said, let there be light, and there was light. The spirit will overshadow you when you speak the word and say, let it be unto me. That's how you get saved. Because the Holy Spirit is in this room right now, waiting for an open heart. Waiting for someone to say, yes, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And then something fantastic happens inside of you. Like Pastor Ken was talking about earlier. It's it's more than just a lifestyle change. It's much more than that. 
The Holy Spirit literally comes to live inside of you and you're a totally different person. Something supernatural. That word overshadow means something out of the natural into the natural. So as you say this prayer, you actually appropriate that into your life. If you die tonight, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? If not, say this prayer with all your heart and receive salvation forever. So say this prayer with me, please, everyone. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I could have a new life. Forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me. Be my Lord and Savior. Let it be unto me. Your power and your glory in my life today. Amen. Every head is bowed, eyes closed. If you said that prayer for the first time, you'd like to receive Jesus into your heart. If you could raise your hand right now so I can see it and I can pray for you. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is there anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, if you would stand to your feet right now. If you raise your hand, just stand to your feet. All right, come up to the front. Come up. Come on up here. Come on. Uh, we can do better than that, I think. <laughs> Here, turn around. 